Welcome to this week's At Any Rate podcast. My name is Pat Locke. I'm joined today by my colleagues, Arindam Samuelia out of Singapore, James Nelligan out of London. Sitting down today, you know, after another interesting week in the FX space, uh, markets were caught a little bit off guard by the RBA hiking again, and certainly by the BOC getting pulled off the sidelines as well. There was also some, you know, some signs of a beta pass through across rates markets following that BOC decision. You know, some people try and do infer um, some read through into what the FOMC might be doing, um, you know, in June or possibly July. Um, you know, from our side, we still think they hold. Um, and then interesting as well, you know, the dollar sold off pretty significantly on the back of this week's higher U.S. claims number. Uh, you know, certainly market participants have been waiting for more obvious signs of weakness in the U.S. labor market. So it was interesting to see, uh, you know, the response in that respect. Uh, but more broadly, you know, this week we took the opportunity to revisit our forecast and roll out our forecast horizon uh, until mid-year 2024. Uh, and on net, we've actually upgraded the dollar trajectory pretty meaningfully uh, through the back half of this year. And broadly speaking, I'd say we're still pretty constructive on the dollar cyclical prospects, uh, given some you know, fairly clear slowing in regions outside the, outside the U.S., uh, including China and Europe. Uh, and on that note, Arindam, um, you know, dollar China is still top of mind for most, probably the most widely held position among our clients at this point. We've noted recently that you know, China-linked assets are actually running relatively cheap to some of the cyclical ind indicators that we've been seeing. Uh, but nevertheless, this week we've raised our terminal forecast for dollar CNY to 725 by the end of the year. Uh, could you maybe walk us through how we get there and maybe what the biggest risks are to that view, given you know, just how many people are holding that long position? Um, and separately, I'd also be interested to hear uh, you know, what this means for the rest of the dollar Asia block in your view. Uh, in particular, because some dollar China proxies like, you know, Korea haven't been exactly uh, playing to script lately uh, the way one might expect. So I'll uh, turn it over to you. Yeah, so dollar CNH has gone through a decent sized move, uh, but we don't see uh, CNY being particularly misaligned by uh, with respect to rate differentials yet. Um, CNY FX uh, has been widely uh, used as a funding currency by investors because of uh, the negative carry in the currency and that continues to remain a cyclical drag on it. It disincentivizes uh, onshore corporates from offloading their significant hold of dollars. It disincentivizes foreigners from buying Chinese bonds. Uh, now seasonally, we are going through this period of um, dividend payouts from China. We estimate that that number is somewhere in the region of $70, $75 billion this year. Uh, not all of this requires FX conversion, but um, you know this period tends to run from uh, June till, till August, and we are entering this uh, this phase of uh, at least some dividend-related uh, dollar buying. Now, what's been very notable over this last month, month and a half of CNY weakness is that the PBOC has been relatively hands-off. There's been the odd comment here or there about uh, uh, watching markets, but I think that's more or less just to keep uh, markets honest, but uh, you know, there's been no signal in terms of fixings that the PBOC is particularly uh, worried about the move so far. And from a macro standpoint, uh, you know, data like today's uh, China inflation data has been uh, quite informative for maybe guessing how the PBOC is thinking about the effects. We got uh, yet more evidence that PPI deflation is intensifying in China. Um, and uh, obviously, demand conditions are not conducive to supporting pricing power. 
the reopening has been uh, more timid than people thought. Um, and yet, uh, it doesn't look likely that the PBOC is going to cut rates in uh, at all, you know, forget in a, in a forceful fashion, because of the way they think about monetary policy, not just in a counter-cyclical fashion, but across the cycle. And if you're not cutting rates, it probably means that you're going to be a little more permissive on the FX. Um, and then finally, very technically, uh, we've looked at large negative data surprises in China of the kind we've gotten over the past month or two. And then when you hit some sort of cyclical bottom in those data surprises, what gives us comfort is that it does not automatically spell the end of these bouts of CNY weakness. So put all of that together, we feel like the move that we've seen in markets recently has some, some room to run. So partly as a mark-to-market exercise and partly you know, taking into account these factors, we have the 725 type terminal target on dollar CNY. On the proxies, just one quick word on Korea, that's been the one currency in North Asia, being very much in focus, has traded very anti-CNY-like in the last two weeks or so. Uh, a lot of this has to do with this uh, mania in markets around uh, artificial intelligence and uh, the hunt for companies that can benefit from this broad thematic over the next few months. And uh, North Asia being the epicenter of tech manufacturing, it's not surprising that Korea has received large amounts of foreign equity inflows just over the last two, three weeks. Um, you know, we were uh, of a bearish Korea mindset. We still are retaining that because there are a bunch of things that are not quite favorable for the one, including the fact that it's highly geared to the US cycle. So if there's a recession at some point on the horizon, Korea should be exposed. Um, the export cycle in Korea is going through a rough patch in part because there's a big semiconductor inventory adjustment going on. Um, and then, uh, you know, this whole, uh, optimism around AI. I do not know how far the flows themselves can run, but what we do know is that the local pension fund has significant ammunition to absorb some of those flows. Late last year, they uh, struck a deal with the central bank to not buy dollars in the market to stop exacerbating downward pressures on the one, but if you now have foreign inflows coming in, you know, it is possible that some of those flows are offset by by, by uh, local flows. So net net, uh, you know, we've uh, sort of neutralized our bearish bias tactically, but you know, over over a few month to quarter sort of horizons, we still feel like risks to Korea are bias weaker. Thanks very much for that, Arindam. Um Sticking with you in the Asia space, um, you know, we made a notable change to the dollar yen forecast this week flatlining it in the low 140s, uh, which compared to a previous forecast that was downward sloping in dollar yen. Um, what's driving that um, in your view? And any tactical thoughts either, you know, around either the June or the July BOJ meetings? No, yeah, so I think the yen is the most interesting <clears throat> currency G7 from what I can glean, uh, but uh, it's the one currency where our views have probably evolved the most over the past month, month and a half. Uh, I don't think there's any disagreement uh, amongst people that Japan is witnessing a once in a generation surge in inflation that could spell an, uh, an end to two decades of deflation. I think where views differ amongst market participants is what the BOG is gonna do about this. So uh, in terms of our own views, we were thinking earlier that we could see a tweak to YCC uh, and an exit from negative rates in short order. But of course the revealed evidence since the new governor you know, took over the reins of the BOJ is that policy is not really taking a very sharp turn here. And today we got some uh, some comments out of the BOJ saying there's no urgency to tweak YCC at next week's NPM which means that at the earliest, maybe YCC goes in July, we can justify that by saying that's when the BOJ also should upgrade its uh, inflation forecast in the quarterly economic outlook report. Uh, and on top of that, I think market views around when the BOJ might exit NERP have also been pushed back, 
meaning that from an FX standpoint, um, the drag from deeply negative real policy rates in Japan will continue to weigh on the yen. And this is a minus 300 basis point sort of number on the real policy rate. So I think it's quite meaningful. And if it continues for longer than we thought earlier, then almost by necessity, we'll have to uh, adjust yen forecasts weaker. We also know that uh, what's changed very dramatically in the last few weeks is uh, the foreign demand for Japanese stocks. Our yen strategists have written about this dynamic. The initial investments are FX hedged, but as Japanese stocks power higher and those hedges need to be adjusted, these require uh, additional yen selling. And, and this process can also give you uh, yen weakness over the next, next few months. Uh, we are always working on the assumption that the backdrop to yen this year is going to be one where the balance of payments dynamics, particularly on the trade side, are no longer as supportive as they used to be. The stock of yen-funded carry trades is not as large as it used to be pre-GFC. Now, those have not changed, so we're always looking for low-octane yen strength. But against that backdrop, when your views change on a couple of drivers around the central bank and foreign flows into, into local stock markets, then you have to adjust forecasts, and I think that's where... This, this forecast revision is coming from. Uh, just Pat, now going back to you, um, you know, we've looked at uh, forecast revisions in Asia. Typically, when big currencies like CNY and yen tend to get uh, revised weaker, um, there is usually a follow through into other parts of the dollar universe as well. Um, on the euro front, the big three, let's complete the big three. Um, we shifted to a somewhat downbeat bias, partly influenced by what was happening in China. How has the story evolved there? Have you seen further downgrades and views? Yeah, thanks, Arnav. Um, I'd say the broad view, the broad view from Euro, you know, from a few weeks back, is mostly intact. Uh, definitely, the disappointments in China data uh, have been something of a regime shift for Euro recently, uh, and we have formalized that, you know, this month uh, with Euro dollar forecast pegged at 105 uh, through the back half of this year. Uh, but I wouldn't say, you know, necessarily like a major shift. Uh, and thinking in this week's KCB, generally we see growth momentum keeping euro dollar anchored around that 105 mark, maybe a touch cheap to fundamentals, uh, you know, but more broadly, we still tend to see euro dollar moving in a fairly narrow 105, 110 range uh, for the remainder of this year. Uh, tactically, you know, we prefer that to express that elsewhere, um, specifically through euro proxies that also have some local headwinds uh, and perhaps a little bit of a higher beta uh, to, to the global cycle as well. Um, you know, Sweden comes to mind in that respect. Uh, but looking forward though, you know, we do expect some bigger moves in Euro dollar next year, um, but that'll ultimately require moving you know, beyond the US, re US recession that we still expect uh, and into the reco recovery trade that we you know, think will probably be broadly dollar negative. Uh, and so we pegged our new mid-year 2024 Euro dollar forecast at 112, uh, partly for that reason. And see scope for that potentially to go up to 120 by the end of next year, perhaps. Um, and James, uh, bringing you into the conversation, um, you know, Sterling has been its usual kind of frustrating self. Um, you know, certainly, the break lower in Euro Sterling was interesting. Uh, you know, to me, I've been watching kind of the close correlations between Euro Dollar and Cable over the last 18 months. Uh, so we've had a little bit of a break there, despite Euro Dollar going on the 106 handle. Um, you know, has your thinking or targets changed around either cable or euro sterling at this point? Thanks, Patrick. Um, so the, the the bearish cable view that we have is is based more on this idea of, of growth convergence, which you, you both hinted at the idea that, that Europe and China 
and the UK really are, are converging back down to the US in, in terms of growth. And, and we're also seeing a bit better US uh, growth surprises as well. So we wouldn't really expect to see that play out in Euro sterling because the recovery dynamics in Europe and the UK were, were pretty much identical. They were both driven by lower gas prices. And what we're seeing now is sticky CPI is starting to starting to hold back that recovery. Um, so the, the kind of the delta in the growth theme is is much more cable based than it is euro sterling based. And I think, but as you point out, you know, euro, euro sterling has broken lower. And I think I think the danger with engaging with euro sterling shorts here is that you're kind of blindly trading the interest rate differential with an assumption that it has no impact on growth. Um, so, so obviously, so far, gilts have been among the leaders in the fixed income sell-off, and, and markets really only have tentative signs that, that sticky CPI and higher yields are starting to hold back growth. So we have some evidence in the PMIs, some evidence in in the monthly GDP data, some of the some of the surveys, but but I, I think the market is still waiting for convincing evidence, and I think once you get that that's when it becomes more dangerous to run euro sterling shorts. And I think that's when it turns into more of a cable trade, um, more of a cable short trade. So we got some uh, REC labor market data yesterday from the UK, which showed uh, weaker hiring and, and higher availability of staff. Um, so we're keen to see next week whether that means the revision to, to the large and rare uh, 136k decline in uh, last month's payroll data in the UK is revised by less than investors think. And if that's the case, then it makes the UK labour market start to look a bit weaker. Um, and it builds on that evidence that um, sticky CPI and higher yields are, are starting to, to impact the data. And the squeeze hiring cable this week, we think is is mainly due to, to assets like, like VIX and, and US cyclical sectors pricing out uh, U.S. recession risks, um, which is just kind of supporting cyclical currencies like sterling and, and some currencies in, in EM. But zooming out, though, you can see that equity markets outside the U.S. are more sharply underperforming the U.S., so that there is quite a powerful relative equity story building now. Um, and that is a reflection of the relative growth theme. That is a reflection of, of growth convergence. Um, and the Centix survey we got in Europe this week suggests that's going to continue with the June PMIs, uh, possibly coming in softer. Um, so when the dust settles on, on this period of, of the market lightening up on, on US recession trades, you, you're left with a, a pretty convincing uh, relative growth story, which we think um, should drive cable lower, ultimately. Um, so on our, on our models, it's still kind of 120 fair value. Um, and we run a kind of global cyclical index where, where cable is uh, over one Z score rich as well. So um, the asymmetry really ultimately is that if Bank of England delivers forward pricing, then growth will probably come off and the stagflationary reaction function should return then for the currency. Uh, but if BOE don't deliver forward pricing, then rate spreads start to look too high and, and sterling could potentially depreciate that way as well. So that's basically the view. Great. Thanks, James. Thanks, Arindam. Uh, we'll leave it there for today. Thanks, everybody, for joining. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to J.P. Morgan Research Reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2023 J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on June 9th, 2023.